The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Jamie D and Big Newt. You know that I am Jamie D'Amico, he is Big Chris Newton, and we talk to you every single week, every Wednesday at noon, and points thereafter, about the Buffalo Bills, what happened last week, what is going to happen next week. And we just had a great win where the Bills seemingly got it right by taking a phrase from Big Newt curb stomping the Raiders. <laughs> Newt, how are you feeling, baby? I'm feeling good, man. It always feels good to get a win, man, and get back on the mic and uh, um, get off tonight, get the first uh, win of the season at home. The crowd seemed like it was electric, very into it. So it feels good, man. So I went to work, had my, my uh, Bills polo on, and everything is right in the world. But we got another tough one coming this weekend. Absolutely. And we have a great show for you today. Today's show features Stephen Wino, AP beat writer for the Washington Commanders and author. Steve, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for, ha- thanks for having me. So I, truth be told here, now it, it's about full disclosure. He's not just a writer. Steve's a buddy of mine. So if, if we end up having a little fun with each other uh, during this podcast, forgive us. I'd be disappointed <laughs> if we didn't. Right. <laughs> oh, man. So, Steve, I got a question for you, man. Just going off the top. The Commanders, 2-0, they beat up on uh, Arizona and then came back against the 0-2 Broncos team. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I was watching the game at first, and then it looked like a blowout. And then it was one of those things like, oh, shoot, it's a tight game. They're coming back. So you kind of switch, uh, run back to the TV. What do you make of the commanders? Like, after the first two games, what's your assessment of them? Well, Newt, they're, they're not necessarily as good of a 2-0 team as you would say. Like, this is the, this team's 2-0 for the first time since 2011. But you're right. They beat up on the Cardinals, and, and they had to come back to beat the Broncos. It hasn't been necessarily a stunning show early on. But we've learned some things about this team so far, that the defensive line is exactly what we expected. Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, and you add Chase Young back to the mix, and that's a terrorizing force on defense. 
and, and that Sam Howell is a young quarterback. And, and I know the, Sab- the, the the Bills over the past several years have been really good against quarterbacks who have not made uh, double-digit starts in the NFL. But Sam Howell, after turning the ball over twice in, in the season opener, only his second NFL start, uh, was better at Denver. Uh, two touchdown passes, managed the offense better, didn't turn the ball over. I still think this is a new. This is a mediocre uh, Washington team, but given the schedule they have after the Bills game, and, and I look at Buffalo, at, at Chicago down the line, and Atlanta down the line, this this is a team that might be in the hunt for a playoff spot just because of, of kind of the talent on defense and, and really the weapons that that Sam Howell has to work with with Eric Bieniemy as the uh, the new offensive coordinator. Okay. And last year, the Bills played uh, played the commies up in Orchard Park, and it wasn't a blowout. How is this team different than last year's team that the Buffalo Bills played? I, I, Sam Howell is not is better than Carson Wentz. He's better than than some of the other problem quarterbacks they've had, and he is undersized. It's the reason why Sam Howell fell to the, to the fifth round in in the 2022 draft, and and he doesn't have a lot of, a lot of experience. But this is a defense that, and Ron Rivera has pointed this out a lot. That now that this defense mostly has played together for for three or four years, and this core has all played together, the continuity has helped them become what should be a dominant unit in the league. Should be a top five defense in the NFL. They had Emmanuel Forbes, first-round pick cornerback, who had his first pro pick last week uh, of Russell Wilson and, and looks like the real deal, even though he's about 150 pounds uh, soaking wet. Um, but this <laughs> he's is a my team. size. He, he really is and, and, and plays DB in the NFL. It's quite amazing. Uh, you could probably do that. Uh, maybe maybe for a, a team like Carolina. Maybe not. Maybe a team down the line, uh, Jamie. Um, but and, and this is also an Eric Bieniemy. He also is an addition to this. This is uh, a guy who – won two Super Bowls with Kansas City and is out from the shadow of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and is, has brought a, an entirely new offense and system to Washington. And we're going to see how it goes. But this is certainly a team that the expectations are, are to at least contend for a playoff spot because they're, they're, you still have Terry McLaurin. You still have a Brian Robinson who now is a year plus away from being shot twice and, yeah. and was even good during his rookie year. And, yep. and now he looks like – two touch running touchdowns a, a, a mile high and really looks like a guy who could be a feature back in the NFL. You mentioned Eric B enemy. Mm-hmm. I, I noticed during the uh, preseason camp, it was a uh, word coming out of Yacht, well, out of the commander's camp that uh, the players had a problem with him or his unorthodox un, 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 un style, excuse me. Um, have they gotten over that from what you perceive by watching them, or is that still a thing? Like, well, how does it? How are they taking that? It, it seems like it's gotten better, and I think Ron Rivera did put his foot in his mouth a little bit by saying players had come to him and kind of were expressing concern about Eric Bieniemy's coaching techniques because then it came out out of Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes and everybody being like, "That's how Eric Bieniemy coaches, and he made us better." And I think it's it's maybe a sign of a maturing team that, that these the commanders players have kind of gotten used to how Eric Bieniemy yells a lot. He's very vocal and not just yelling in a bad way. He will be the most encouraging coach out there at the same time. But it's something that they weren't used to uh, under previous coaches and previous regimes. Uh, this is not how this offense is used to being coached. That's just who Eric Bieniemy is. And, and and I think after kind of Ron Rivera had to apologize for for making it a story. It's almost become a, a, a rallying cry for this team of this is our guy. Eric Bieniemy is our coach. He's our offensive coordinator. It really does seem like he's running a lot of the show in terms of, of practice times and how the commanders are going about their week, much like the Chiefs did 
even though Ron Rivera is the head coach, Eric Bieniemy really has a large piece of, of kind of the action and the, and the power in Washington. It, could you describe for us the difference in the offense between last year and this year as far as the system goes and schematically? And what do you think it's going to take for the Buffalo Bills to contend with this offense? Yeah, Jimmy, it's it's more of a West Coast offense. And you look at what Andy Reid has done over the years back to his Eagles days, and, and it's a lot of that. It's it's a it's a little bit more than the commanders have been used to of, of using tight ends in the offense. It's getting a lot of players involved. Nine different players had two catches or more in the Broncos game, which is the most in franchise history. And and it's something that, that kind of goes to the, the depth of options that the commanders have on offense. Last year was a little bit of Carson Wentz, you're going to throw the ball down the field because they liked his big arm and what he could do with it. Sam Howell doesn't necessarily have that strong of an arm and is a little bit undersized. He'll run a little bit more than Carson Wentz, run similar to, to Taylor Heineke. Not the same kind of runner as a Josh Allen, someone who's just going to kind of scramble a little bit and, and, and look for his third or fourth option down the field rather than just taking off and running. But the real the containment for, for what I see for the Bills or, or any elite team in the NFL is you take away Terry McLaurin and, and you take away the kind of the, the, the most the, the, the most dangerous thing the commanders can do offensively is throw the ball downfield to him. And what we've seen and we saw in, in Denver is what Eric Bieniemy and Ron Rivera and this team want to do is run the ball as much as possible. And, and it really forces teams sometimes to stack the box and, and kind of cut off a Brian Robinson, an Antonio Gibson, even getting a guy like Curtis Samuel, a receiver, involved in the running game a lot. I think as long as, as, as Terry McLaurin is not allowed to be a difference maker, you can neutralize a bit of this offense. And, and I know they put up 35 points in, in the Denver game. But this is also an offense that struggled to move the ball against Arizona in the opener and maybe got got some kinks worked out. But the offensive line is a legitimate question and a pass rush that is is any sort of of, of factor in a game is going to knock Washington off its game. Hmm. What do you think about the fan base right now? 2-0, you got the Buffalo Bills coming in at 1-1. Um, to be honest with you, I'm going to tell you what I was thinking. I'm thinking, okay, man, Washington going to probably be 0-2. I didn't th- realize that Arizona was going to be as bad as they are. Um, Denver, I didn't know much about. I know their coach is great. Used to be with the Saints. Um, I'm thinking in my mind, because we, you know, we are going to the game this weekend. If the weather holds up right now, it's a 60% chance of rain. You're going. Uh, well, don't even don't give me that crap. We're all, we're all going to be there. I'll just I be inside. I don't know if I'm going to be out in the rain. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to see. But um, but what do you think about the fan base right now? Because I'm I'm looking at it from just a ticket standpoint. Every couple of hours, I'm looking at the tickets to see if they're dropping. And that's still kind of high. And so do you think more people are going – you think it's going to be more Commander fans there? Because in my mind, I'm thinking if y'all own two – then it's gonna be is this gonna be an influx of Buffalo Bills fans there? Because you know how like we like to take over stadiums. What do you think? You think it's gonna be a lot of Commanders fans there? They're gonna come out. I'm guessing it's gonna be about 60-40, Newt. I, I really do. I, I, I and obviously there are a lot of Bills fans and and Bills Mafia travels so well that. Mm-hmm. The, the, but the Commanders fan base is fired up right now, and, and it's not just the results on the field. This is Dan Snyder being out. This is mm-hmm. Josh Harris, a new ownership taking over. That there's just a different vibe around this team. And the opener against Arizona, because Cardinals fans really don't travel, really was 95% of Washington football fans there. And it was kind of a party that almost got dampened by them losing to the Cardinals, which would have been right. embarrassing. 
But this is a fan base that's very interested right now. And they just announced uh, on, on Tuesday that this is a sellout. And that's a lot of Commanders fans and Washington fans being involved in it and a lot of Bills fans. I, I This is a 65,000-seat stadium now. It used to be 90,000 seats, and a lot of seats and sections have been removed over the years. But this is a, a fan base that's excited about kind of the direction of the franchise and I think cautiously optimistic about the season because I don't know how much you can read from beating up on the Cardinals and, and, and beating a Denver team that you're right. Newt, I, we didn't know exactly what you're getting out of Sean Payton and Russell Wilson and the Broncos this year, but this team is two and oh would say whatever you want in a very tough division with Dallas, Philadelphia and, and the giants that a wild card spot is what they're going to have to be fighting for. Yeah. This, the fans are excited fans. I'll tell you when you get to the parking lots on, on Sunday, it's going to be packed by about 10 30, 11 o'clock. If the opener is any indication. Don't get me don't get me wrong. I'm not disrespecting Washington at all. I'm telling you, man, their front you and you already alluded to it a few minutes ago. Their front four scares me. Don't oh, and it should. And it, it should scares look me. <laughs> and look, and Deron Payne has been the the key to it. This is a guy who they didn't pick up his fifth year option last year. He has a career year with eleven and a half sacks, and all of a sudden they pay him, they put the franchise tag on him, they sign him to a four-year contract, and it's not like his play has dropped off at all. Uh, between him and, and Alabama teammate Jonathan Allen in the middle, they, yes. they cause havoc in the inside. And, and if there's anybody who can bring Josh Allen down, it's those guys. And, and, and this is something that obviously every offense facing the commanders knows that there may be some weaknesses at linebacker and the secondary and all those things, but it all starts with a pass rush that goes from the inside of the line, line out and then you've got Montez Sweat and Chase Young to pick up the pieces. So how does a team like the Buffalo Bills, how, how do they come out and attack that defense and be successful? It's it's quick plays and because if there's any time for the defensive line to start kind of wearing down offensive, offensive linemen, and we saw this in, in the Denver game, after the commanders fell behind 21-3, to all of a sudden it, it was Deron Payne forcing a fumble, or the linebackers forcing a fumble after Deron Payne and Chase Young apply a bunch of pressure. And the more time it takes for a quarterback to get the ball out of his hands, the more time for these guys to, to go to work. And, mm. and I think if you're a, an offensive coordinator making a game plan against this defense, it's quick throws, it's quick plays. It's not necessarily a great defensive line against the run. I, I think that's something that if there's a little bit of balance on offense, it, it, it can kind of knock them off, off a little bit. But it's a really good pass-rushing defensive line that really – and, and, and also a, a quarterback who can move a little bit. Russell Wilson was that. Josh Dobbs, not so much. Uh, Josh Allen, obviously a guy who is willing to take off and run with the ball. And, and, and a physical guy, not willing willing to kind of absorb contact and all those things. But if, if, if I'm prescribing how do you keep this defensive line from getting in everybody's face, it's a lot of quick throws. It's not a whole lot of balls crazy down the field taking a lot of chances, though we know Josh Allen can do that and, and sometimes well, that – you, you want to get the ball out of your hands as possible and, and mix in a little bit more of kind of, and we've seen this, we saw this with the Bills the other day, just a running game that can be effective and, and kind of keep Chase Young and, and Scott and and, uh, and Montez Sweat from just teeing off. That could be a problem, Newt. We've seen uh, that Josh Allen does like to hold the ball and look for his receivers going downfield, huh? You're right, man. I'm just, like I said, I watched the uh, latter parts of that game. And they were all over Russell Wilson, man. Like, they were in his face so much. I was like, oh, I'm still having nightmares about that, what I saw. <laughs> you know? So you and, said – go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And, 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 and you saw that with a little bit of the Jets and Quinn and Williams. But this is like having three of those guys yeah. in, 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 on one defensive line. 
He ain't lying. He ain't lying. So tell me something. You you you're optimistic about Washington making the playoffs in that tough division, the NFC East. You got uh, the Giants, Philly, Washington, and then of course Dallas. What do you make of Dallas? Do you think they're for real? I, th- there's no indication yet that they're not for real, and 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 maybe that Giants game is an aberration at the start of the year because we, it, I mean, a forty nothing blowout and and kind of it was over after a couple of mistakes in that game. But Dallas has a defense that, just like the Commanders and the Jets, and, and throw the 49ers in there, can be a top five defense in the league. Micah Parsons is is a one one of a kind sort of defensive playmaker and, and difference maker. I do think Dallas is for real, and and that's if Dak manages to stay healthy, which has always been the question for the Cowboys over the last mm-hmm. several years is if Dak right. Prescott is healthy and upright behind an offensive line that, that should be good with Zach Martin and, and the rest of the crew there, that, that this is a, a team that, again, just like last year, should be in the playoff mix. I was wondering, and you, you brought it up earlier, but the sale of the team, moving on from Dan Snyder, who was really, you know, one of the worst owners in sports, probably up there with James Dolan in New York with the Knicks at all. And we know how the fans here in DC feel about it. And from living here in DC, I can tell all you folks out there that they are absolutely elated. And I'm surprised that they didn't have a parade, but what is the, what's the prevailing? Let me say that again. What is the prevailing thoughts and feelings within Redskins headquarters. It, it's changed everything, Jamie. Like it really has. Like the, there's like there was a dark cloud over the team facility that is gone now. And it just feels like even though there there are some people who are with the team right now who are probably going to lose their jobs. And, and I'll throw Ron Rivera in there if this team doesn't make the playoffs or, or maybe even win a playoff game. Uh, team president Jason Wright. There, there's going to be changes eventually. But right now it just feels like everybody is happy to not have the Dan Snyder distraction. And this is a guy who all the scandals that, that started coming up in 2020 with sexually harassing team employees. And then, uh, then the reports that he was stealing money from team owners, it always just wound up becoming this whole thing that whether it was Jason Wright or Ron Rivera, or even down to players that everybody would have to answer these questions. And even at the player level, Jamie, like talking to some players, they're like, we just can't wait to have a, a home field advantage where they don't have to use a, a silent count in their own stadium because it's all opposing fans there. And, and although this Sunday might be a little bit different because there's so many Bills fans there, it really has been a reality over the last few years that it hasn't felt like a home field, a home stadium at all for this team. So just to have Dan Snyder gone, I think has brought a certain group of the fan base back into the fold. And it's created a sort of certain optimism within the organization. Not saying that Josh Harris is going to be the greatest owner ever to, to own a professional sports team. He's had moderate success with the New Jersey Devils and the Philadelphia 76ers, but he's not Dan Snyder. And this is a local ownership group of people who grew up rooting for the Redskins and now own this team after paying $6 billion for it, that there, there's a certain level of, at least this is a professional team now. They, they put stands up at training camp, which never existed before. Just the little things of updating the weight room and the gym and the food that's served and how you treat families. There's there's a certain level of this is finally an, a professional NFL franchise that really wasn't run like that under Dan Snyder for the last few years. Well, it was really interesting to me when The Athletic had run their survey of agents and basically an agent said, yeah, that was the team that we would turn to when 
nobody else was interested in a client. And it would be like, well, I'm sorry, but this is the best we can do. Ouch. Yeah, it's 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 unbelievable. <laughs> I took the uh, my son. He plays uh, eight, uh, eighth grade football for the uh, high school, and uh, I took him and a couple of his teammates to the commander's training camp when it beat. Because I live in Richmond, Virginia, and so they used to have training camp here. We I always enjoyed that. You know, if I can't make it to Buffalo and see it, I want my you know the players to get that kind of experience seeing professional players. And so it was pretty cool having them there, but they didn't do it this year. Um, I guess they stayed up there and uh, where's their training camp in? in it's uh, it's Ash- in Ashburn, Ashburn Virginia. And, Ashburn, and, and you're, yeah. and you're right. And I, I, I Jamie, I want to actually give credit, but Ben standing is my colleague who does that, that agent survey. And, and it's, it's, it's mind blowing how much players and even the PA did a, a report card on them being the worst at travel, the worst at treating families, the worst at facilities, that this is not a good place to work. And, and how do you draw free agents to a team like this? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, Wino, did you know that uh, that Newt's son is the top eighth grade defensive tackle prospect in the state of Virginia? Uh, I, <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> he's okay. He's all right. Until so what? Calls from schools, right? I'm sorry. Is he already getting calls from schools now? From colleges? No, not yet. My daughter's getting recruited. My son's not getting recruited yet. So, but the time he, will come. He's okay. He's he's all right. Player. He's an eighth grader playing high school football. So he he's all right. He's okay. And and, and tell Steve what his nickname is. <laughs> the Midlow Menace. <laughs> That's we fantastic. Live, we live in Midlothian, Virginia, so he's a menace of Midlow. So and. But, what crockpot? Yeah, that's the one. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he is—he's shaped like a crockpot. I tell you. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, you mentioned Brian Robinson, man, and what a story. I mean, the dude—he overcome a lot, and just to have the success. I mean, you're right. We've been keeping an eye on him. 87 yards last week and two touchdowns. That's such a great story. It seemed like that's something that would galvanize a fan base, also. It seems like everybody's rooting for him. Are we correct? Absolutely. And and, and from the fan base into, into the locker room, just him handling a, a situation of adversity that he was already beating out Antonio Gibson 13 months ago for the starting running back job. It was the mm. day after the final preseason game. And just in, in, a, in a freak kind of uh, carjacking attempted robbery, gets shot in the, 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 the hip, essentially, and, and the knee. And amazingly, the bullet missed every major ligament and bone in his right knee, which is a miracle on its own. And then to be playing six weeks later, playing and playing in the NFL six weeks later and having a, a, an 800-yard rookie season is absurd. And in talking right. to him at the end of July when it was kind of – when it was 11 months since the shooting, he's like, I finally feel like myself. And and to see what the commanders saw in him when they drafted him in the, in the third round a couple of years ago uh, of being a downhill runner, of being somebody who can basically do everything and probably get 20, 25 carries a game, every game, two touchdowns a- against Denver. He's a likable kid. He, he's somebody who, who really has kind of gained a, a perspective on life just from, God forbid, being shot and, and coming back from it that he really is a, a, a likable teammate and, and an incredible story for, for really the whole league to see. Thank God. Yep. I I have to admit, I, I, I didn't really know about uh, that story. So you have a unique perspective, Steve. 
you work with the team. You are in in the locker room. You're talking to players. And there's things that you know that the rest of us will never have, ne- never have access to, never be privy on. But I have to ask, because you see so much, this is a great story. What are some of the other stories that you professionally have come across and seen that have really stood out to you? Um, that's a really good question. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think if there's something that like actually sticks out. There was a hockey player I covered once who almost quit to open a chain of pizza restaurants um, and then wound, <laughs> on, wound up staying in hockey and basically grinding through basically hundreds of fights in the minor leagues to finally get an NHL contract and won the Stanley Cup. I might write his book one day. That's, that's one of my favorites of, of, of that. But it doesn't you don't get a whole lot of stories like Brian Robertson to just to, to get shot and, and come back like this. You get a, you get some some heartwarming stories along the way. You get even a guy like Chase Young, who's a homegrown guy coming here, tearing his ACL. And we're going to see a little bit of that this year if he can come back to, to, to that sort of of life. But. Man, it's it's the Brian Robinson story is is a hard one to match, and I'm 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 running going through my memory right now to try to find if there's in my memory bank if there's anything that I can think it's even close to that. Uh, by the way, Newt, um, before yes. I throw it back over to you, yes. uh, Steve told me, and by the way, it seems so unnatural to call you Steve. You um, just call me Wino, yeah, I know. Yeah, you call him Wino, and I'm like, uh, do you everybody know where that comes from? Where that derives from? <laughs> Are you, I, I was thinking we are going to get to it, so. Oh, well, that's his last name, mm. W-H-Y-N-O, and why would you call him anything else? I'm just <laughs> trying to be what? professional here. It, was, it wasn't fun as a kid, Jamie, but like now every time someone sees my <laughs> ID and they're like, Real, is your name really Wino? That's awesome. I'm like, well, yeah, it is awesome now. It's a conversation starter now. <laughs> So you didn't like you didn't like your last name growing up. You got made fun of so much for being a wino. Wino. It wasn't it wasn't great. It wasn't great in elementary and middle school. I'll tell you that. So okay, so where I, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. So in, in my dialect, a wino is like somebody who drinks a lot, like a drunk. Right. Yep. Okay. Okay. So it's the same exactly. thing. Okay. Good. Yeah. All right. And and apparently the family name was Wally and Noni before Ellis Island, and and my great grandfather came over. Wally and Noni got changed to wino. And gotcha. okay. what? what is the origin of Wallianoni? It is it is a uh, Calabrian. It's it's Southern Italian. I always thought I was Sicilian because I hold grudges a lot, but it's apparently <laughs> Calabrian. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is awesome! Wow, my an, wife's an H and a Y in an Italian name. Who saw that one coming? No, no right. Ah. It ends in a vowel. What I always say is, is what I've always was told is is your last name ends in a vowel. You, you're a good chance you're Italian. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Newt's Italian. <laughs> well, my my wife's half Italian, but her dad is French Canadian, so her maiden name is Borden. So, but that's, that's uh, awesome. my, yeah, uh, my my mother in law maiden name is Del Negro. So ah, like Vinny. Yep, I think they're related Vinny. somehow. She used to tell <laughs> that story. They're like distant cousins or whatnot. Huh. So yeah, so. This is this is humorous to me. Uh, tell tell us all what your favorite NFL team is when you're not uh, on the job. Uh, I am a Jacksonville Jaguar. Grew up a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Um, I, 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 I I've recently found out I am not the only one north of Jacksonville, Florida, who uh, who roots for the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> and tell them how it happened. All right. So here's the story. Um, 
and I'm going to bore everybody with this. So I was at a county fair at eight years old, summer of 1994. And you know those ring toss games? You throw the rings on the two-liter bottles? Yes. So the I, I, my, I was eight years old, and I won. And the prize was NFL football helmets. And, and as a nerdy sports kid, I knew every helmet what it was, except there was a silver helmet with a jumping Jaguar logo on it. I asked the guy about it. He's like, oh, it's the expansion Jacksonville Jaguars. They start playing next year. So I got the helmet. I've been a fan ever since. The Jaguar car company sued them for the logo, so they never wore it. And I still have that the helmet to this day and, and have been a long-suffering Jacksonville Jaguars fan. That is awesome. That is a good story. That is awesome. What are you talking about? That is great. It's it it, it it there have been times where it's great and there have been times where it's been torturous and and, and since Trevor Lawrence uh, since they drafted Trevor Lawrence it has been better there were really good days in the beginning with Mark Brunel and that yes. being a, a young teenager and seeing your team go to the conference fi- final a couple of times and even in 2017-18 go into the conference final and leading the Patriots in the fourth quarter of the AFC title game and then losing it because Doug Marone couldn't manage the clock um, was frustrating. <laughs> there, there have been some good times. It's fun, and it's very unique because you don't meet a whole lot of us. <laughs> Do you believe in Trevor Lawrence? Yes. I, I, you know what? He's a, what we say in hockey is when you're a high-event player, which means you're going to do a lot of things good, but you might do a lot of things bad. He seems like a high-event quarterback where it, he'll take a lot of chances. He'll probably make some mistakes, fumble the ball in, in, in the rain. Can't play in the rain, apparently. But I, I do think he is a professional quarterback, the best quarterback they've ever had in franchise history. And, and, and with the right kind of coaching, and Doug Peterson, I think, is that can eventually put this team in position to win a championship. So I had mentioned it earlier that you are also an author. Now, Newt, Wino has written a a book about hockey because what I didn't mention is he is also the beat writer for the Washington Capitals. So uh, this is a a guy who uh, who knows a thing or two about sports, right? Mm -hmm. Wrote a book about hockey. Wino, can you tell us the title and about that book? It is Odd Man in Hockey's Emergency Goalies and the Wildest One-Day Job in Sports. It's about emergency goalies in, in, in hockey, which doesn't exist in any other sport. It, it, when, when, if, if you are, all of a sudden Josh Allen and Sam Howe got hurt in a game, it's not like there's a Division Three quarterback sitting in the stands waiting to come in. But this has literally happened in the NHL where an accountant, Boy. a Zamboni driver, an equipment manager yep. have gone into games. So this is the story of, of a lot of the tale of a lot of those stories that people who follow hockey do know. And then also a lot of stories people don't know. How could a person get a hold of that book if they're interested? If you have a site, if you know the site, Amazon.com, I don't know if anyone's familiar with this. You can, <laughs> you can, you can find it on Amazon.com, um, Triumph Books. Or if you know me, just come to me. I, I literally sell books out of my trunk. Out of the trunk of my car, if you need to. <laughs> and if a person wanted to follow you on X or Twitter, whatever we're calling it today. Whatever we're calling it. It's just my first initial and last name, S-W-H-Y-N-O. Dude. Tell me something real quick. You write books. So and you talked about authoring these type of books and with Robinson and what kind of story he is. Do you look at DeMar Hamlin? And you familiar with the story of DeMar last year passing out? Oh, Absolutely. no. He's never heard about that. <laughs> I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. I'm the type of person I try to lead with something before I give it to him, you know, so I'm going to make sure he knows. I'm sure he does. But my question to you is, do you think that would make a good book or a good movie? Yeah, I, I, I do, and 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 I won't be the one to write it. I'm not the expert on on Demar Hamlin or 
uh, cardiac arrests or any of those things. I do think it'll be, it'll be a good book one day that's going to be, become a movie uh, of just kind of how insane that night was. And, and I actually wrote a story after that about this has happened in hockey a few times. Chris Pronger took a puck to the chest, other guys, and, and it's happened in hockey a bunch of times as well, that this is amazingly that no one has died from something like this because of the great medical attention. But yeah, that's, that's definitely going to be a book one day that people are going to want to read and eventually going to be a, a Disney movie of sorts. Let me ask you another question real quick. I just came on the way home from work. I stopped at Barnes and Noble, right? And I haven't been there in a long time, but I wanted the sports illustrated because it's uh, LSU, the, the uh, Angel Reese, the basketball player, and then the gymnast. They're two of the highest paid NIL uh, athletes in the country. And so there's a color story talking about NIL deals and I wanted to give it to my daughter. But anyway, the story, I was like going in there and I remember as a kid, I used to always go to the bookstore, Barnes and Noble and all that wallet books, even, you know, the drugstore, the magazine section. I used to love that. Right. And now I go in there and the Sports Illustrated was almost $10. It was very few people in there. Being a person that's an author, do people still, my question to you is, and it might be kind of ignorant, but do people still do paperback? Like, or do people just consume online? And how does that affect your business? Well, I, I think a lot of people are. I mean, I, I just got a statement on kind of how many books have sold since January 1st. And really a lot more were the, the hardcover book than the kind of the online Kindle version of it. But I mean, I've seen this working in, in newspapers and in and, and sports journalism over the years that the, the print product is going away. The New York Times just published its last standalone sports section. I mean, which is really? crazy to me that 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 the athletic uh, New York Times bought the athletic several months ago. And all of a sudden, the New York Times does not have a standalone sports section in the paper. And that is, mm. is just insane to me to think of knowing how great a, a talents have come through the New York Times sports section and, and me being kind of a sports journalist nerd of, of, of just kind of admiring these people. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, it, it, it does amaze me that the, these bookstores still exist and how many people have fortunately, and thank you to everyone who has bought a book, has bought the hardcover. It's coming out in paperback too. So it's even cheaper. It'll be out in the end of October, the, the e-bug book. So I'm very happy for that. But yeah, we've seen, unfortunately have seen too, a lot of people in my business lose their jobs because the print product doesn't exist the way it does, and, and people aren't willing to pay for kind of the news the way that people in, in the 90s after Napster were willing to pay for music. Napster. I, I, that's oh a, that's a great goodness. analogy. That is awesome. I haven't heard Napster in years. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm getting old. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think that. That's a great analogy, and you know one of the one of the benefits of getting that hardcover book, you can get the author to sign it for you. Newt, would you believe that my copy is autographed by the author himself? I would believe that. I will certainly hope so. Yeah. <laughs> and the problem is, it goes up in value if I'm dead. But I would like to keep that keep avoid that for as Oh man, that's awesome! So one one final story, and then we can we can let you go. I know. Um, uh, back in the day, I was on my way back from it was Massachusetts. Um, I was visiting with the in laws, and we took a train back. It was like eight hours. It it was long, and just as we're pulling up, I get a message from Wino. Hey, I got two tickets to see the Killers. <laughs> In a in one of the uh, luxury boxes down at the Capital One Arena here in D.C. Now, 
Great show. Johnny Marr opened. Guy's a legend. Here's why I'm telling you that story. Come to find out weeks later, I wasn't his first choice. I wasn't his second choice. (laughs) I was somewhere after the second choice, and he couldn't find anybody else who wanted to go with him. (laughs) To be fair, our friend Leslie was the the first choice. She's taken me to seven concerts over the years. But I I am very glad, and I'll have to give a shout-out to a commander spin, actually. Tailgate Ted is the person who who was responsible for said tickets. And Johnny Moore was actually better than the killers in that show, I think, too. I agree. You I, had a blast. I, I mean, I, I have video on, I don't know if it's on my phone, but it was on your phone uh, of that you sent to, to, to your wife that is very entertaining. <laughs> Safe for work video, appropriate, appropriate video. Yes, yes. Anyway, Steve Wino, thank you so much for joining Jamie Dew and Big Newt. <laughs> Wait, what did I say? Jamie Dew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie do. Jamie well, do who, not. Whoever you guys, it's been a pleasure, and I hope you guys enjoy enjoy the weekend at FedEx Field, even though it's the worst place on earth. Wino, I got a quick question for you before you go. What's your call on the game? What do you think? Commander uh, Bills, what do you got? We're seven uh, point favorites right now. Yeah, I, I would lay I would lay the points with the Bills. I, I think after after Buffalo got its act together in that Raiders game, I think this is something like a, a thirty one seventeen sort of not necessarily a blowout, but a, but a comfortable win for the Bills. All right, Good we just gotta dude. we we just gotta we just gotta figure out a way to get that D line man because it's Ala- they call Washington Commanders the Alabama East. Mm-hmm. Bama East because they got all Bama players and we just got to figure out a way we can protect Josh Allen because like I said I'm still having nightmares of what y'all did a couple of days ago to Russell Wilson so well once again Steve Wino thank you very much for joining us you were excellent and I hope we can do this again absolutely talk to you guys soon appreciate you man so long that boy Wino Stephen Wino, everybody, AP beat reporter for the Washington Commanders and the Washington Capitals, also a generally huge, huge sports fan and nice guy who I get beers with. (laughs) That's awesome, man. He was great, wasn't he? Yeah, he's good. He's good. He knows his stuff. So he's he's the equivalent. He's our equivalent of John Warrow with AP. Just to put that in perspective. And thanks to my friend Leslie for introducing him to me because I got to go to that concert, if nothing else, but also he's a buddy of mine. <laughs> you know all the people, man, I'll tell you. <laughs> I love I love uh yeah. I love that uh photo that Greg posted of you in the in the Washington DC Bills backers t shirt. <laughs> like I know you want one and I started to say, Do I want a t shirt or do I want Jamie D? Like which one is is so funny. oh my god that is awesome i I look ridiculous and my wife was like i love this picture i'm like i look so stupid she's like that's why (laughs) it is funny man you're making a goofy face oh man but yeah man i'd be remiss if i didn't real quick before we go man we gotta discuss this win real quick dude we do i have to i have because once again man i'm the type of person if i come at you then I'm gonna come at you hard, but if you do good, I'm gonna give you just I'm gonna give you the same energy, man. Spencer Brown, man. Mm-hmm. Spencer Brown, and I I didn't see this coming from miles away. 
But I, he had a great game, man. He had a great game. I, he played really well. Now, Pro Football for, Focus gave him like a, a 49. So really? perhaps he was being helped. We know he was being helped, but... Right. Okay. Max Crosby made a lot of tackles. He had like six tackles. That's a lot for a defensive lineman. I don't yep. care. I do right. not care how many right. tackles he's making three yards downfield. I care about how many tackles he's making behind the line of scrimmage, and he made none. Yes. And Spencer Brown was getting dog walked the week before. So I'm thinking in my mind, well, Max Crosby was just going to murder this dude, and he didn't. You're right. He has seven tackles, six of them solos, uh, no tackle for losses, and no sacks. So I guess, I don't know, I, maybe my bar was low after, from the week prior, but I think he did an excellent job. But you're right. Some of them was chipped, double teamed with the tight end before he released, but I didn't but still all walked. So I'm happy. That's a plus. So I'm giving them that same energy, man. Good job, Spencer. And there's another side to it. The mm-hmm. Bills only had, I believe it was five or six passes beyond 10 yards. Beyond 10 yards. Josh Allen was getting rid of the ball. He was getting rid of the ball in time, in rhythm. He wasn't holding it for too long. Right. And that's only going to help the offensive line. Yes. I so, totally agree. So I'm looking at Ken Dorsey on that one saying, Ken, you had a great game plan. But here's the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about. Okay. Did Josh Allen physically look different when it came to his both his rhythm and his body language? It did. He did. And maybe it was the week before. Maybe it was the nerves of week one, all the expectations. But he looked – and maybe it was because we were on the road week one. But he he did look a lot more comfortable. I, I feel like he did. He looked a lot more comfortable uh, this past weekend. Absolutely. And one of the things that he wasn't doing like he did the week before – he didn't have all those double clutches. Right. Like, I'm going to throw it? Uh, no, I'm not going to throw it. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. Oh, okay, I'm going to throw it. Right. No, nothing good happens when athletes are thinking instead of acting. Well, he's thinking because he was playing against a Jets defense who was awesome. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so that, you know, when you're playing against, you know, the, the, the higher-rated talent, then obviously it's going to give you stuff to think about more than the Raiders. But... I mean, everybody said, oh, well, it was just the Raiders. Well, we whooped the Raiders like they were trash. You know what I'm saying? So that's mm-hmm. another thing. If it would have been a tight game, and that's what I'm saying about Washington. And I didn't mean to, you know, when Wino was on, I didn't mean to be disrespectful towards Washington. You never want to be disrespectful to your opponent, right? Because right. they do got a tough defense. And then how, you know, and they're playing at home, all right? Well, um, just, but they, just to be clear, though, He's not a Commanders fan. Right. Covering them is his job, so he right. wasn't going to take it. He, he wasn't going to take it personally. No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about from him. I'm just saying I don't want to be on record being disrespectful because that, oh, that, that's just not. I don't like to disrespect that part, especially before the game. Now we whooped you <laughs> like the Raiders. We whooped you. All right, shut up, move on. Like we whooped y'all, you know. But look at that, Denver. I, I don't know if Denver's going to be any good this year. And Denver was up like 21 points on them, and then Washington came back and made it a game and eventually right. won, right? But we didn't play around with the Raiders. I mean, you take out that first series, like that's the only thing that really went positive for the Raiders. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what I'm saying? That first they drove out of the field and they scored. Um, I was like, oh boy. But after that, I mean, we we tightened it up and we wound up dog walking them like we should, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's what I like, man. Take care of the lesser talents, whoop them. Now, Washington, I don't know what to make of him yet. Like he like Wino said, I don't know what to make of Sam Howe going up against our defense. Once again, they're on a the roll, but they got a good, great defensive front, which I think can give us problems with our yes. offensive line. Yeah, I, I- their defensive line is better than the Bills' offensive line. Yes. That's, that's yes. just a fact. Right. So how are they going to scheme around that? Now, you did hear you did hear Wino say that getting rid of the ball quick and running the ball, because they you can run against them, he said. Well, we're going to see where the Bills are when it comes to that, because they, you may be able to run the ball against them. They're still better than average. I agree. And this is going to be a great week to see if we can put back back-to-back performances from my ground game. We mm-hmm. rushed for 183 yards, right? Haven't seen that in a while. But hold on, I'm going to give you another caveat that I have and maybe you have. I haven't heard anybody talk about this. We rushed for 183 yards, two touchdowns. Ask me how many yards Josh Allen had of that. That I don't know. 3 carries for 7 yards. Really? When, when was the last time Josh Allen <laughs> rushed for less than ten yards, and we almost rushed for two hundred? Let's put it on the James, let's put it on James Cook and put it on his back and ride to the sunset. Mm-hmm. Seventeen carries, one hundred twenty-three yards, four catches, thirty-six yards. He looks sprightly. Yep. He looks like yes. Not, at first, I was like, "Why do we need James Cook? We got Singletary." Well, games like this, that's why. There's specifically a, a couple of plays where James Cook bounced it outside and his yes. speed was a difference maker. Yes. And that is exactly what the offense had been lacking. I like Singletary. He doesn't have the ability to outrun the guy on the edge and pick up another 10 yards. I agree. But uh, while we're talking about that, I like what we saw from the backups. Yeah. Yeah. I like what we saw from the backups. You could see that Latavius Murray, first of all, that guy looks huge out yep. on the field, doesn't he? Yeah, he uh, does. But, and I know you like his name, Latavius. I know you like them. Yes. <laughs> yes, I, I do. I almost called uh, Wino Wynavius. Um, but he and Damian Harris, you, you can see yeah. what they do well. They have good vision. Yes, they do. Yes. And that's... You know, James Cook doesn't have the greatest vision. That was something that Devin Singletary did particularly well. But I think it's okay. I think it's okay because he has the athleticism to make it work. I like the way he bounced outside. Once again, I don't like Cook running between the guards. Okay, leave that for David Harris or Tavis Murray. I want him on the perimeter, off tackle, on the perimeter, Let's get him in space because he can make guys miss. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I want to see more of. And then I feel like his longest run was up the middle and then he bounced it outside. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited, man. I think we can run the ball against the uh, – like you said, Red, oh, excuse me, I don't mean to say Redskins. We can run the ball against the Commanders, but we will need to run the ball against the Commanders and we're going to loosen up the passing uh, – passing lanes up for Josh Allen and our wide receivers. That's just it. You know, if they're if they're sitting there trying to guard against the big play, which is what teams have been doing against Josh Allen, yes. 
Yeah. Just keep dumping it off until the defense comes up to the line and throw it over their heads. Yep. Yep. One thing I told you some stuff I did like, right? One thing I did not like. And once again, we we talk about the bright spots. Oh, yeah, and another thing, tiny end, Kincaid, five catches, 43 yards, so physical. So yep. physical. And I love that. I love falling forward. I'm going to keep mentioning Kincaid, man. I love it. Because at first I was questioning first-round pick, do we really need him? Hey, he, he started, um, and I just think his, his uh, usage is going to go up as the year goes on. What I did not like was Josh Allen trying to hurdle a guy who didn't even go in his leg. Yeah, Jesus, what was going you, on with you that? You can't do that, bro. You cannot do that. And it, it frustrates me so much. And I know you all are tired. Well, big news. No, we won. Shut up, man. Drops out of the greatest. I'm telling you, and I'm not wishing this, but I'm telling you. I read this book before, and I'm sure I'm older than a lot of people that listen to our podcast. I've seen a lot of football. That's going to eventually, A, get him hurt, or B, going to cut his career short. Ask Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. You're jumping, dude. You're jumping over somebody who didn't even go at your legs. Do you know how that could have, how ugly that could have been? Do you know the play I'm talking about? Absolutely. Okay. That is, you can't do that. Like, and and once again, we talked about it week one where uh, McDermott was like, you got to be smart in that. You got to think. Josh Allen has to understand. He's like the president of the United States, right? The president of the United States, Biden, Obama, Trump, you can't just walk down U Street and hang out with friends. You're the president mm-hmm. of the United States. You cannot put yourself in harm's way because you're too important. When you took this job and you took this money, you gave all that away. And that's what gets so frustrating. I don't want it. I don't want it for me. I want him to have a 20-year career like Tom Brady. But that will absolutely not happen if he continue to do the things he do. Preach, Newt. Preach. Just, and don't get me wrong. He had a great day, 274 yards. He threw the ball 31 for 37. He made masterful decisions, all right? He made great decisions. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. He was very patient. He took what the defense gave him, right? We like that Josh Allen, right? Mm-hmm. But you cannot – it only takes one play. You cannot do that. Agreed. I <laughs> shout it from the hilltops. Preach, Brother Newt. But that's all. That's about the only thing I didn't like for yeah. whatever that's worth. There was a lot. There was a lot to like. In, it was in that a game. very lot. It and, was a lot and to like. For all the naysayers and all the people who felt like the sky was falling in. I told you. I told you. I told you. <laughs> I told you they were going to get it right against the Raiders. Yeah. I told you. Are we going to get it? Are we going to continue to get it right against the Commanders? Absolutely. Because you know, Wino very Ooh. insightfully pointed out that the Bills are particularly good against young quarterbacks. It's an astute observation by somebody who doesn't cover the team. So well first. He's so well spoken, but I don't expect anything less. He writes books for a living, so. (laughs) Right. Well spoken. Yep. Well, big newt. We got to win. We had a show. It's the end of the show. What comes next? Hey, man, we got the commander this week. Hopefully, I'll see you this weekend. Hey, hey, hey. Let's go Buffalo.